This is Pretty Little Grown Men. We are back with the fatal finale. I am David Greenwald. And, and I'm Thompson Nicola. Um, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 12, Taking This One to the Grave, which is a, a line any of us who've sat through this show a couple hundred times uh, <laughs> know very well. Yes, know intuitively. Um, so this episode is really dark, and it does some very different things, I think, for the show. It skips ahead to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. And then it does this whole 36-hour... We see this scene of madness and people outside of a house, and then it skips back 36 hours. But, um, you know, this season opened with Allison coming back to school, so we have to assume it's uh, late August, early September. For high school. Although, I was just thinking about this, um, and before we go any further, I, I want to apologize for my allergy voice, my deep, sexy allergy voice <laughs> I got just for this episode of the podcast, because it's so special. Um, but, uh, you know, I was just thinking about that. The We only assume that Allie is going back to school at the beginning of the year, right? but it could just be coincidental that she... Um, happen to emerge from hiding. That's true. Like, you know, like, unless... Because they were, I guess yeah. they were, they were, in, they were supposedly in, you know, Phil, I guess Philadelphia, and then they were in New York, so they were probably missing a lot of school. It could be. I mean, but the show, weekend trip? I feel like the show generally stays true to, as a lot of teen shows do, uh, it kind of tries to track the seasons. That mm-hmm. it's in. So, and this is a show that always gives us a Halloween episode, right? You know, in October, mm-hmm. as a way, as like a placeholder between the summer season and the winter season. So, but yeah, we chronologically I, skipped right over it. Yeah, I I don't know, but I think we've definitely we've skipped ahead. Uh, we have not seen a Halloween with the with the liars. No, um, and I think the show is going to come back to that and give us some more information because. We've basically walked into the situation where the liars have clearly cut off ties with Allison. Mm-hmm. She has gone off and built this whole new army of Mona's former uh, nerds. Well, you know, the only thing, but the army is the only thing that marks any discernible passion of passage of time. Otherwise, have they just been doing nothing for like two months? Like. What else is, I want to know, like, what else could possibly have happened? It's, the timeline is very confusing to me, because in the previous episode, we're told that one of these girls is going to come in and tell the cops everything, Mm -hmm. and then in this 36-hour period, we see Allison coming in, sitting down, uh, and and taking a lie detector test. That doesn't mean Allie didn't previously come in, tell everything, and the cops said, well, the story, the story is so you know, screwed up now, we want you to come back and do a lie detector. Also, the, the earlier confession that from last episode was about Arya. It wasn't about Spencer or about the barn. It was about Arya, right? Was it murder, about the murder, about the murder of, Shana? Of, of Shana? That's a good question. I don't think so. I guess that was the fear, is that she was going to spill everything about New York. But the thing is, she doesn't need to do that, because she had set up this whole fake out with the guy who came in and basically corroborated her kidnapping story. Mm -hmm. So Allison basically has situated herself where there's no material evidence that she wasn't kidnapped. Yeah. 
and the cops have, you know, maybe going to chase this guy, maybe not. Who knows? Um, but in the previous episode, we see Tanner, who yeah. seems to be the person driving this case forward. And, and this where one, is Tanner? Right. And in this episode, we see Holbrook. Yeah. And he's like, I should wait for Tanner. And it's like, but I'm not where's, going to. Where is Tanner? I'm going to talk to you anyway, even though you've been a person of interest in this case. Yeah. So we also, don't... where are Allie's parents during all this question? Right. During on on the day of Thanksgiving, yeah. where is her dad? Yeah. So this this you know we have a, the show is really. I think sidestepped a lot of things purposefully. You know, in the last episode, Allie was out of town with her dad, who we did see in the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. you know, come back. Um, but I think, can we say that there was some sort of time gap in which Allie somehow converted all these people into her new fans and there was a more time to, for there to be a clean break between her and the liars? Because yeah. that's Because in the, in the previous couple episodes... You know, she was out of town. They weren't returning her calls, but it wasn't clear that they were really finished. That they actually with confronted Allie, Allie about and it, and that she knew that Allie was aware that they were done with her. Yeah. So it seems like that's something that was skipped over and was is established in this episode. Well, I think that that, that time gap, maybe, you know, in retrospect, is what painted the episode so surreally. It was such a surreal episode. It was. Um, it just felt odd. It felt well, and strange. It did, and there's, there's also, you know, and maybe this is the show trying to, maybe the show itself is an unreliable narrator here, and it's supposed to be a little bit surreal, mm-hmm. you know. There was no evidence to me that this was a magical realism episode or the, a film noir episode, as we've seen no. before, or even that there was a ghost, which okay. we saw last week. Um, but we do see some things that seem to be tied from the very recent history. You know, Emily running at the page, and yeah. she says, oh, how was your date the other night? We still haven't right. had that talk. And it's like you think if some time had passed that they, she would have run into Paige again. Yeah. You know? Right. So there was there were some plot points that made it seem like, okay, it's the next couple of days, but there were others that clearly there needed to be more time involved. Because... How does Allie go out of town and all of a sudden she's made fr- all these new friends? How, how who, does, who Mona had really very cleverly turned against her. Yeah. How does, how does uh, Toby graduate from the police academy in seemingly a few days? Right. So, that's, <laughs> so clearly some time has gone by. Also, is police academy like three weeks now? Is <laughs> yeah. that, is that, are those the kind of people who we're putting out on the street? <laughs> but that did give us this pretty ridiculous fan service scene with Toby in a cop uniform you know, playing a little make-believe with Spencer, who was super into it. I'm really glad that, you know, I don't, I don't remember which episode of the podcast you asked me, but uh, at one point you asked me what I wanted to see, and I wanted to see Toby in a uniform, and I totally got Toby in a uniform. Also, it was very hypersexual, uh, that whole <laughs> that whole exchange between uh, Toby and... Spencer, it felt like a really terrible porn, um, and then it was, and then well, they just, you know, and then they just stopped. They were like talk, just like talking dirty back and forth, and then they had this like really innocent. Well, it was a really then innocent gonna, smooch. Sure, sure, fair enough. Because Spencer's basically like, "I want you to, to feel me all over," and Toby's like, Haha, "So what time are you gonna go to my, my <laughs> right. graduation?" Right. Well, you know, I I think that's. This show trying to... I just poured myself some fizzy water, if you hear some bubbling there, on our very sensitive uh, MacBook Air microphone. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the show trying to bridge the divide between 
being a teen show and having younger viewers, perhaps, mm -hmm. and also needing to grow up in season five and having a scene that, like, probably should have converted into, like, couch sex, you yeah. know, if they weren't seniors in high school. Yeah, well, the, except they were referred to as bed buddies. Right. Well, that was Mona, who was, who was very funny. <laughs> I think, yeah. Well, poor so Mona. oh, poor Mona. What about Mike? He's gonna be so heartbroken. Oh my God. Well, so this show, so, so we were told. Hold someone on, before was, before you before you say that. Yes, though, before I drop I wanna, this bomb. I want to say, uh, Dave is drinking uh, Trader Joe's sparkling mineral water. That is a, natural mixed berry flavor. It's this week's sponsor. The 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 A in sparkling is capitalized. <laughs> <laughs> we we would love it if Trader Joe's would like to come in as sponsor. And actually, um, we've been having really great downloads of the last couple episodes and the last the la last week's uh, big spike and and people checking this out. So yeah, thank, thank you. you, yeah, thank you for being with us and and catch up. And um, we have some fun plans for for summer uh, fall episodes during the off season, which are in the works. I think we're gonna. Try and bring in some special guests, uh, potentially somebody from the show. Actually, yeah. um, so we'll we'll definitely be here every week. Don't stop downloading and iTunes rating and uh, being our fan. So thank you for that. Yes, and now now you can reveal. Well, I mean, you wouldn't be listening to this. It's it's the fatal finale. I, I'm sure you've all seen the episode. Mona dies, or does she? <laughs> I know. You know, you had you made a really good point. So. You know, it's the end of the episode is a glimpse of Mona motionless inside in the trunk of a car. In, um, in A's trunk. In A's trunk. And uh, her eye stays open for quite a long time, and the camera seems to, want, seems to taunt you into anticipating a blink or some sort of acknowledgement of her uh, being alive, and we never get it. Um, but... What you were saying, Dave, is that like there are drugs that you can take that completely paralyze you. Sure, where you're I, still conscious. I saw Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah, okay. I mean, someone Wait, could I, have. I haven't. What happens in that movie? Well, it's not very good. I actually, I did not like it, and I am a Marvel fan. But um, spoiler for Captain America too: uh, Nick Fury is given this drug that slows his heartbeat, make it makes it seem like he's dead. Oh, um, but. This, you know, this is so questionable because Mona finds proof, or so she says, she thinks it's game over, Allison is A, she can prove it, she's got the evidence with his stolen, well, stolen tapes from Radley, yeah. so, okay, good luck with that, <laughs> um, but, and then someone, a blonde person, in an A hoodie, mm -hmm. uh, comes into her room, and Mona turns around and screams, and the next thing we know... Um, there's cops at the house and there's blood everywhere and it's just a whole big mess. The body is not found. So, yes. Which the body which, not which brings found. us to Lieutenant Holbrook. Yeah, so Holbrook... Um, yeah, so while everyone is outside still reeling from the shock of this event that just occurred, Holbrook comes outside and starts talking to the press, making... Uh, pretty huge um, conclusions about the crime scene. Uh, they haven't even tested the blood yet. And he's already being like, well, she must be dead. No, right. Nothing nothing would bleed that much. Even though we don't have a body, even though we have no clues otherwise, there's just a lot of blood. So I might as well just 
plaster that uh, right. information is, all over the media. This is clearly a, clearly a homicide. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know we we see him in previous episodes. We saw Tanner, who seemed very dogged and resolute about being sus- suspicious of these girls. Uh, whereas Holbrook has always been the guy who, oh, I'm going to hang out with Hannah, maybe be a little flirty. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, he's the guy who is interviewing Allison on camera without Tanner being there. Yep. He, he talks to Allison in, after the fact. In her house. In her house, uh, without Tanner being there. And we there. don't see that conversation. We see, no, we we see it through a window or we right. don't hear it. Right. Um, so I think. And. And he's an adult male, which means on the show that he's... He probably would like to sleep with a teenage girl, because yeah. that's just what they do on this show. Exactly. So, yeah, I think I think Allison has her little claws in him. Mm-hmm. I think he's turned to the dark side. I'm still convinced that they, there is a conspiracy in the police department, and sure. that uh, Officer Toby is still suspect. I don't... Could be. I'm not convinced. He he looked very genuine this episode when um, Spencer gave him a watch and it said something like, you're my fairy tale, or you're my... Once uh, upon a time. Yes. Uh, and she's like, I love you. And he's just like, has this wonderful glowing expression on his face. And it's like, ah, <laughs> young love. You know, and then he's on the phone with her because she's late to come hang out with him before he gets his... Because she's breaking graduates. into Radley. Right. And so she... Uh, basically, he gets into a car accident because he's on the phone with mm-hmm. her. Don't text and drive. Don't call and drive. Right. Don't call your, you know, your, your very dangerous girlfriend. You know, I've I've recently started a... Toby is fine, by the way. He broke his leg, which also removes him from a suspicion right. for this round of events. So yeah. that's actually a good, a neat trick of the show to do. He looked, he looks really just kind of pissed off with a broken leg. Because that whole scene where it's like he's just hanging out. Yeah, there's there's a headlights flashing at him, and then it you know, and then it cuts away after it fades br- briefly to white, and it cuts away. You're like, oh, what happened to Toby? And Spencer's just looking really sad, and and then the girls part, and you see Toby just sitting there like dicking around on his phone with a huge cast. <laughs> right. Can <laughs> we like, can we talk about how Lucas definitely has like a, a 2009 sidekick? Mm-hmm. He yeah. definitely has a sidekick. <laughs> Why? How is that possible? I, I think I had that phone too. You would think in two thousand nine. You would think in such a high tech, you know, Mona uh, Caleb calls um, calls uh, Mona's software like military grade mm-hmm. and she's like you don't want to know so why why has she not outfitted her geek squad with like you know at least like a, a samsung galaxy whatever you know well, why aren't they up to date two things one is that now that her pretty much 90 percent of her geek squad has uh disassembled i think budget's probably really running low you know? well because everyone was paying in right they're paying their nerd dues their yeah. nerd squad dues yeah um, and second of all, she, she copied all of the, did she copy like, I, I feel like she copied all of the police department's files. Like She definitely them. copies an entire folder and she somehow guesses the password or knows it or whatever. It says, but on her computer it says copying all files. Yes. And so I was just like, is that the, the police department's whole database that she's just copying to her laptop? Which she somehow had not done previously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she copied a lot of information. So she, you know, 
Mona has her own agenda, but I think this episode, you know, I think there's always like our theories and our sort of reception of what we're seeing. And then I think there's the message the show is trying to send in this particular hour, in this particular moment of, you know, of, of uh, information that we have, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the message that this episode wanted to send was the Mona redemption arc. Yeah. She decides to work with the liars. Um, she basically says, you know, I was scared of Allison and I lost myself and this has all been because I was, you know, she made me believe that I was a loser and I'm just trying to protect myself because she's a sociopath. And right, so and she has that conversation with... totally socio. She has that conversation with Lucas, too. Right. Where, so it's not just her talking to the liars. She's talking to her own minion mm-hmm. who, to some extent, she needs to keep corralled and she needs to keep believing because mm-hmm. he's, he's been questionable. He almost flipped over to the other side. Oh, yeah. To the alley side. Mm-hmm. So... It's all this tightrope act of how much of this is her genuine emotion and how much of it is all an act in order to maintain this very, the plotting and everything. Well, yeah, and there are a number of moments when you see... Uh, well, well, first you see um, there's one moment that stuck with me because I've always been on the side of wanting to uh, believe that Mona is genuine and sincere in her fear and her motivations. Right. Um, and there is that look that when, you know, the liars are all like, we're, we're in this together. And then Spencer looks at Mona and is like, okay, we'll break back into Radley. We're going to do it together. And Mona has this like really, um, like satisfied look on her face, but like really touched that she was included. Right. She gets to be part of the, yeah. part of the team. And it looks really genuine. And then, uh, and then I know that in previous podcast episodes, we've talked about how um, the camera would hold on Allie for long periods of time, and then you you would want to see, or you would expect to see Allie's, like, like, hey, 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 no one's looking, I'm going to make that face. Like, there, sure. I got away with it. And you never did, and so we're like, oh, that seems like she's actually sincerely traumatized by the events that have happened. But this episode totally did it, where she's right. talking to Emily. Yes. And she turns away, and she gets this, like, shit-eating grin on her face. Yeah, and then she turns back, and she, like, makes a pouty face, and she's like, oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe like, uh, when a character has that genuine look on their face, I don't know, or maybe not, like, it just means, that essentially means you can't trust any of these, like, they're all incredibly exceptional actors. Right. I, I think the show has done, and we need to credit the actors, um, and the, and the directors for doing such an unbelievable job of, like, as soon as a character becomes suspicious, there are subtle changes to the way... They portray themselves and they react and mm-hmm. they're what all these little moments. Um, I mean, Fitz is a perfect example. I don't know. I, th- I feel like Fitz, I, Fitz, like, it was like night and not, day. Not this season. Yeah. I think in the previous season, when as soon as he becomes the A suspect, he becomes a lot more anxious. He seems a lot more menacing. You know, there, there are just all these little touches. But is that little, though? That doesn't seem little. I, I guess I just... I, I, would, I would totally agree with you, except for Fitz, because Fitz is the only one who seems, like, it's just automatically, it's like, how come the girls aren't noticing that he is, like, a, like a fucking creepazoid all of a sudden? Sure. I you think know? it was more in, you know, in some of the, when he sat down with Mona, for instance, it's pretty clear that he's trying to be this big, bad character. But I think, yeah. you know, it was more in his interactions with, uh, with Arya and so on, mm-hmm. where... You're like, whoa, all of a sudden this feels really questionable. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, he's a good example in this episode, maybe, of 
this time gap that existed because he's getting invited over to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And they seem to be have clearly gotten back together, which was not really the case at all in previous episodes. She was kind of avoiding him. Right. And Arya's parents are apparently like, yeah, we're cool. You're boning our daughter. That's fine. Right. Who's not 18 yet. Right. Still. <laughs> yeah. Unless she had a birthday. You would think the show, you would think of any of these characters turned 18, which is should happen this season. Yeah. You would think there would be some acknowledgement of Arya going to Fitz and being like, hey, <laughs> now we know this isn't completely illegal <laughs> and really just frightening and, and morally vacant and horrible. And that's only slightly so. Right. Or yeah, now it's okay. It's, it's legally so. So that's, you know, so that's a thing. Yeah. It's, it's just, I think, you know, the show is trying to juggle a lot and maybe do, pushing ahead was a bad move because it, it, see, it feels very confusing It to is me. confusing, yeah. Um, I mean, unless, unless, but that's the thing is this whole, this whole season has been literally one episode being a moment picked up from the the moment before in the, right. at the end of the previous it's, episode. It's been very, like, 24. It's been very, like, the whole previous season, you know, yeah. we could watch and go through it. It's probably been, like, a week, mm-hmm. maybe two. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just kind of... Which is why when you have... And I've totally forgot about that with Paige and Emily saying, like, how was your date the other night? It's like, they, they couldn't have pushed that far forward. Like, where, what is going on with this crowd? Yeah, how do they not interact? Well, you know, I think these are questions that I'm guessing the show will address in the Halloween episode, and it will show us that Halloween gap, yeah. you know. Um, that would be, because we need to see Allison building her army. You know, I think now that we've seen Mona allegedly die, we see Allie show up at that scene looking around by herself and then she pieces out mm-hmm. you know we saw Paige trailing Allie after she leaves Emily's house earlier with her new two twins the twin motif again yeah. again on the show always um, where's Sydney Driscoll by the way and where's Jenna and Jenna yeah yeah where are the other members of the Mona team mm-hmm. they're not in this episode at all which is shocking that we don't well, see well they're apparently at some like old barn or something well we don't know if Let's assume Jenna and Sydney are not at the Alley Nerd Barn. Yeah, I guess the Nerd Barn. Yeah, her nerd, <laughs> the Nerd Hoedown. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think Jenna's going to go over to Team Alley. That doesn't strike me as a, as a thing. No. But we don't, and we don't know who was there. Paige just sees a dozen cars mm-hmm. or whatever it is, which is a lot of nerds. Maybe somebody carpooled. You could have twenty-four nerds there. You know what I was 30. just thinking. Uh, because we're thinking of um, we're thinking of uh, people who aren't around. Yes. Uh, Jason. We have not seen Jason. What if Jason is the blonde? What if Jason's got like just really long hair because he's been really grow? like L'Oreal locks? Yeah. You know that like Emmy worthy. He's wearing a wig, and that's what shocked Mona so much. You're wearing in. a wig! It's <laughs> like Norman Bates. That would be... What if he's wearing a wig and looking like his mom or something? <laughs> well, oh my god. Well, okay. So we need... Let's talk about the proof. Maybe they're just a dealer right this. I, you know, I wrote down a lot of... I wrote down some notes here because I just sat down right after the episode and, and wrote some things down. Yeah. So let's go back now. Now that we have some new information from Radley, mm-hmm. which... Also is super questionable because uh, Mrs. De Laurentiis was on the board at Radley yeah. up until her death. 
and we know that things have been papered over at Radley before, mm-hmm. including the death of Toby's mother. How come the police aren't, aren't finding these connections? They're like, there's no connection between Allison and Bethany Young. Well, why have the police not, number one, gone through these records and these right. tapes? I mean, I guess there's doctor-patient confidentiality, but also Bethany Young is a dead person. So I right. wouldn't that open... You'd think that would open it up. And it's a murder up. investigation. It's a murder, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you would think that would open it up to police investigation. So that's number one, is right. maybe these tapes are, are planted or... Some, or have been doctored or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because clearly, Allison, or, you know, it could be Cece, uh, let's say it's Allison, uh, co- who's coming in to kill or kidnap or whatever, Mona, knows that she has this information, presumably, or knows that something's up and Mona's about to expose her and she needs to be knocked off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... So Mrs. Let's go back to Mrs. Would Allison D, be so brazen though? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's. I yeah I agree. We haven't you know it's. If Allison kills Mona and puts her in the back of her trunk, it's certainly the craziest thing we've seen her do. Right. Right. And, and we also see her you know at the house looking on at the press conference. She's not covered in blood or anything. You know she has no. a different. She's not wearing a hoodie. No, she seems totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, and they got over there pretty quick because they were on their way over as Mona was being killed. Yeah. Allegedly or killed. Fake killed. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that... I mean, there's a few things. One is that if, if it was Allison, um, why conspicuously hide her face? That just seems like a... That just seems like the show just being manipulative for its own sake. Well, it's which, the first time we've seen... or. I, I think the first time we've seen someone in a hoodie with the hair sweeping out, you know. So clearly, like, the person did not want to hide her identity from Mona. Mm-hmm. There was that episode where we saw Mona and a blonde through glass. The blonde, to me, seemed like it was Cece. Right. So what if it, it could be Cece, and Mona's really shocked to see her because she, you know, yeah. wasn't expecting Cece to come in and be uh, her murderer. Um I still like the idea that it's Jason. <laughs> in, a, in a wig. Yeah, because also, uh, there was a comment made while, while we were watching it, which was that they always have perfectly um, uh, styled hair. Sure. And the person who was wearing the hoodie, the hair was a bit bedraggled. It was a bit rough, hmm. um, which is something that I noticed. I mean, as a color, the length, it all made sense, but yeah, um, it wasn't as, you know, like, Luscious, lustrous, lustrous, exactly as, as usual. Um, well, yeah, but I do like. You're right. It's like CC. Okay, maybe. Um, I don't know. I you know. Is, I is this somehow like... attached to now? I'm now now as we're talking. I'm thinking about when Allie was attacked. Right. Sure. Which I think was a fake, probably. <coughs> a fake has to be a fake. on her part. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this this episode really undermines a lot of the foundational things of the show. Mm-hmm. Because if we know that, if we feel that Allison is A, proof exists, it it came from Radley. So the Radley story, um, for those who, just to do a little recap, I guess, yeah. um, Bethany Young was killed because Mrs. De Laurentiis was also sleeping with Bethany's dad. So she was coming in, visiting Bethany, 
the tape says it was all a lie. What if it's like mother, like daughter? Yeah. Um, which means she had a connection to Allison. Mm-hmm. Mona calls Arya and says Allison was jealous of, of, I guess, the treatment that Bethany was getting from her mom, who she must have hated. She's like, I have. I and have we've seen this. examples of her doing whatever she could to get things out of her mom. So she and her mom were not friendly. Right. You know. Uh, and so then Allison, then Mona says, Allison is A. I have proof. It's all set, it was all set up. Bethany yeah. was going to, always going to get killed that night. Mm-hmm. I you have know. proof. Yeah. So what if, I mean, this to me throws a few things in, into disarray. One is obviously Allie's story to the girls, you know, yeah. that she saw her mom burying her. What if that's complete bullshit? I think it's got to be bullshit. It has to be. Yeah. The other thing that I really, really question is if this is all a setup to put Spencer in jail for the murder because Spencer was always the biggest rival to Allison. Mm-hmm. If this is a long con to put Spencer in jail for the murder of Bethany Young, what if Melissa's confession is fake? Because the confession, her Melissa's confession basically says to Spencer, hey, you probably hit this person over the head with a shovel. So, you, so spe- you, yeah. you actually are guilty of this crime, yeah. which Spencer cannot remember committing. Right. Right? And... Well, then that means that Melissa and Allison are in cahoots. Yes. Why would which Mo- would be crazy? Why would Melissa? What would what would be Melissa's motivation in essentially uh, having her sister go to jail? Because Spence, because Allison is blackmailing her for whatever the same thing that Melissa has always hated her over. I mean, there was the thought that Melissa was the one sending th- the threatening attacks in the first place. Yeah. You know, so there was the thought. There's clearly she was being blackmailed over something what if you know going back to Jay, something about jason you know what if melissa and jason had a baby and that baby is out there floating around and allison knows actually had a baby what if they well, actually did have a baby but wouldn't spencer i'm not re- sure if that could realistically have happened i don't think spencer would notice that her sister was pregnant well but she did get pregnant at one point but then she's no longer pregnant i i don't know if the timeline works out but you know clearly there's something that allison has on melissa which is brutal and horrible mm-hmm um, but enough to make her blackmail her own sister? I mean, you know, Melissa and Spencer are not so friendly. No. Melissa sort of tried to be protective of her, but not really. No. We know that she was the the um, the person in the costume at that masquerade ball several seasons ago. Yeah. You know, which was a questionable person. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a lot of this feels to the Melissa confession and Allison setting everything up, you know, and throwing throwing everything into Spencer being responsible, that to me feels like a big uh, a big setup. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I definitely think it's a big setup. I really, what I really hope is that the, if, if certain people like Melissa who seemingly have no motivation to hurt the girls in that way, um, like especially her sister, uh, I really hope that it, that, the show doesn't introduce things that. What am I trying to say? I I hope that the evidence is there all along of something so egregiously terrible that Allie could um, blackmail Melissa into doing something this terrible to her own sister. Sure. You know that if it was like a baby that they had or a pregnancy or some something that would like bring down both families. You know. Right. Um, because 
putting her sister in jail is like one of those. It seems really extreme. It does. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess that's why I want to believe that Melissa's fine. I guess I don't. Or I don't know. I don't know. Not I'm really. Not, I'm all mixed not up. Not party to. Not party to this. Because then, what if she teamed up with Mona? What if she was spying for Allison? Mm-hmm. That that would make sense. Could, yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. One thing I didn't like about this, and feels too easy of an explanation, is is the fact that Mona um, says that that Allison has gone full socio, right? Which is the motivation for all of this. That Allie's just a that Allison person. is a sociopath. Yeah, that I mean, seems... it's kind of it's it is kind of an extreme thing because you know. We've gone through five seasons of this show, and if the answer really is, well, this person's just fucking crazy, yeah, you know, and there's not really some kind of real motivation or or some hidden, you know, this the show's always been modeled to me like after slasher movies, after horror movies, and in many cases in these kinds of movies, we return to some original sin, mm-hmm. you know, there's a flashback. You're two-thirds into the movie. The killer reveals, well, you did this horrible thing to me all these years ago, and I, you're to blame, and yeah. that's why I came out of nowhere to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, And so there's always some motivation, and I don't think the show... Um, I think the show will respect that, or I think the show respects its audience too much, or I would hope, to just say, well, Allie's nuts in this whole soap opera of five years is... Was really just so she could goof around. This is all big, a big stupid game. But it has to be more than that, and because there's, you know, it's between all these adult players. There's money involved. Many people have died. I, I really think it just has to be. There has to be some original sin at some point that we're going to discover. And I think it goes back to the night, the real story of the night that she disappeared i think we we have no idea what happened that night because we have ali's version and we have part of of melissa's version and we have pieces of everyone else's version yeah um, which are all total totally unreliable so in many ways we're kind of back where we started except that allison is alive and is definitely crazy those are some things that i think we can you know, put down on the on the evidence sheet. Uh, you know, also we can put down on the evidence sheet that Emily loves Christmas. Well, that was honestly that to me was the most surreal sequence <laughs> yeah. in Pretty Little Liars history. Christmas music is playing. She and Paige are back together. It's just so cheery, and I was just like, "What is going on?" Also, it's August. <laughs> <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, em- Emily has named uh, Frost Frosty. Frosty. Frosty the snowman. The snowman. Snowy. Snowy. Snowy the snowman. Not Frosty. Pingy Pingy the penguin and Wingy the penguin. Twins. Twin penguins. Twin penguins. Yeah. Because there are twins everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's all very insane. Um, (laughs) That was. That was creepy. Um, There's the the comment that Mona makes that she's ending the game. And before this season, before we knew that it was going to get renewed for two more, season six and seven... I think everybody, certainly you and I and people we talked to, felt like season five was going to be it. 
Mm -hmm. Allie was coming back. You know, they were really close to figuring everything out. How many more people can they kill? And then they killed off all these people. Yeah. So I think there's still a lot more now, but that's the question. Is the rest of the season, is Allie going to end the game? And what will they do after? College. So this is the first time that they are, like, well, besides when Spencer got rejected from Brown, this is the first time that uh, they've really all started talking about college, which, setting it up so that, <clears throat> I mean, this is this is also the first episode where everyone was basically just like, Mona, super genius, look right. at her, read French, and listen to old-timey records, right. and... Uh, well, we knew she was super smart before, well, right, but, but this episode like, really set that yeah. into, I mean, I think that's part of the redemption arc, too, it's like, look, she's a good student, and she has so much so much ahead of her once she stops being a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, exactly, she, she's... She's such a promising young lady. She's going to go to Harvard or Yale or Dartmouth. Dartmouth. But um, none of them are giving her full rides, so it's a pass. Yeah. Although she lives in a very nice house. Oh, I, I know. You I would, find you it hard would, to believe. You would that. think, yeah. So Financial aid, sweetie pie. doesn't matter now that you're well, dead. But that's, that's the thing possibly that like, dead. made it seem so... Made it seem possible that she's not actually dead is that it was just so... The episode really wanted you to believe that they would kill her off because right. it was just like, they wanted to show well she's actually been a good person all along yeah who's been who got pushed to the pushed pushed past her limits mm-hmm. and now she's gonna i think we talked about this in a previous episode where are the events of this show something that these characters are going to look back on in 10 years and be like whoa that was crazy remember that mm-hmm. you know like the bad dream and i think the show is kind of positioning mona to escape and to get out of this year, you know, right. she just survives senior year, mm. as she says, which she does not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Bad it, it, it was a, it was a, I, I, I like this episode. I think it did some good things. I think it threw yeah. a lot, it threw a lot into disarray. I thought the timing felt really awkward and I hope that they will catch us up in future episodes and fill in some of those gaps because, so you know, like we said, some of the events felt like next day events some of them felt like two weeks later so there's definitely a lot more that the show needs to be clear about or or show us or you know i guess we'll just go with it um but it would be odd to me if that block of time does not somehow get filled in yeah um i wonder what's going to happen with toby do do you think that his career is getting set back by the fact that he is now enfeebled well i don't know what happens with police academy if you Go through police academy in in two weeks, like Toby, because he's so great, and then you become a cop. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's how. Do you think he's an exceptional student? We should watch police academy and see how long it takes them to get through police academy. You know, you know what my favorite part of this episode was uh, was when Hannah was talking about her SAT scores, <laughs> and she's yeah. like, "Oh, by the way, I just did really good on my SAT," and it reminded me a hundred percent of Summer Roberts on the OC, who you know is is sort of like the ditzy popular girl just like Hannah, and then all of a sudden, um, it just turns out, oh, by the way, I just crushed my SATs, and I'm going to go to Brown, because I'm like actually a secret genius. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> it was funny, too, when uh, when Caleb is looking at the list, and he's like, uh, these are all brainiac schools, and then he looks at Hannah, and she just looks at him back like, you think I'm a fucking idiot, don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Caleb's like, let's be honest, I, I love you, but... You're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've seen flashes of her. You know, she's not a dumb character. Right. Um, we've seen flashes of her 
wanted to investigate or whatever. She's just, you know, she was into fashion and music and mm-hmm. boys and, um, you know, she's Swedish not... Swedish crime novels. Sure. And we haven't seen her be like Spencer, who we thought was going to be the character who went off to Brown or whatever. And poor Spencer hasn't heard back on early admission from anyone. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, um, Thanksgiving's pretty early to hear back. You know, you. I think well, when I applied early admission to Stanford, which I did not get into, by the way... Because Stanford sucks. <laughs> um, you, I heard back in. I heard back in December. Yeah. So, I to hear back and like by Thanksgiving is mad early, and I'm not sure any of those places actually uh, tell you that. So you know maybe Mona was also making that up, or maybe it's just the screwy timeline of a fantasy fantasy set in an alternate reality where Lucas still has a sidekick in 2014. <laughs> Uh, he's still rocking that goatee. It's gotten a little bit thinner. It's, yeah. You know, the facial hair situation is questionable. I enjoyed seeing Caleb get to be back in hacker mode. He's mm-hmm. not thinking about ghosts anymore. He's like, oh, I'm on a laptop. He's Ooh, got, here I go. He's got a real substantial glow to him. I really think that, you know, now looking at him in this episode, if, okay, if, and I'm having trouble believing this, if there was a, a substantial passage of time, then... He's like definitely just been like, I've been working on myself emotionally, and I'm in a <laughs> yeah. really good place now. <laughs> ready to start hacking. Yeah. Ready to start I'm going ready, on laptops. I'm ready to get back to things that I love. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, I wonder what's going on with Arya, like, as far as school goes. She probably doesn't want to leave Rosewood, because she doesn't want to leave Fitz. That's true. I don't see her... Or maybe he leaves with her because he's just like, you know, he's just this rich dude farting around. Mm-hmm. He only took the job at Rosewood so he could spy on these girls, you know. Yeah. So he's just whatever. And But the interesting thing about Fitz was, you know, he wanted to reject his, if we believe any of what we saw, he wanted to reject his money or his mother and his parents and his wealth and all these things. But that doesn't appear to have really happened per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Arya graduates, maybe they just move in together somewhere and go have a really gross, um, but, but fan-based satisfying romance. She's going to have a kid at 20. That's definitely a thing that could happen in this timeline of the show. Oh. And maybe season seven, we will see that happen in the finale, oh in God. the, in the birthing finale. You know, they're going to, they're going to do six feet under style, fast forward through all these characters' lives. They absolutely are. Oh my God. And then we're going to see... Uh, oh, we're gonna see them have kids. Uh, don't do this. Yeah. If, well, you can, if you can hear us, writing staff, we know that some of you listen. Don't <laughs> yes. do that. Yes, please. Um, well, so this episode ends with the Jesus doll. Um, I mean, the show is so. I love the. I love this show so much because you know, in, earlier in the episode, they point out. Where's Jesus? Mm-hmm. And Paige is like, oh, he's up here. So we're, we're basically pointed like, look at this thing. Mm-hmm. Later in the episode, in the A scene that closes it, uh, it's replaced with a Mona doll. Yeah. Which is going to freak a out Emily. A large Mona doll. Yes. Yeah. Which is going to freak out Emily, who uh, Allie is probably particularly angry with. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, well, Emily is just going to be pissed off that someone was fucking with her Christmas display. Because she loves Christmas so much. Yeah. She's just so full of Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah. And um, said it on her, as Santa said, on her boobs. It said it on her boobs. And, and Spencer is in jail. And they're trying to get her out of jail. So this whole thing, you know, we have this possible cop, corruption, conspiracy. Mm-hmm. 
how is I mean Spencer's going to get bail, but Spencer does not have an alternate history of this evening's events. No. So she is now the really the prime suspect for this murder, unless somehow this Bethany Young, these tapes, which have been stolen presumably by Allison now, mm-hmm. all the evidence is sitting out in her bed. There's no safeguards or backups. <coughs> um, yeah, no one. That was, unless that, unless Lucas has it or something. Yeah, that, that's a good point. All of that evidence is, evidence was just sitting on the just bed. chilling on her bed. Yeah. Just and Mona's too smart for there to not be some kind of backup or cloud storage or you know someone's going to get into iCloud and get this right like it it there has to be a backup well you so, think that Ezra would have had some sort of online storage right right he's paying he you know he's paying 20 bucks a month for Dropbox <laughs> right exactly but so yeah. that's a that's a good question if that evidence gets discovered or um someone else is able to connect these dots because to me this puts this really puts uh, Spencer in just a pretty much intractable position. Mm-hmm. She can't produce any counter evidence, and unless someone else wants to turn him or herself in and say, "Well, I did it," yeah, you know, Spencer's in jail, and Allie's going to go after the other three li- the other two liars. Arya has a phone call from Mona moments before she was murdered. That's true, but will she go to the cops and present that? I would hope so. But there's no evidence. Well, they could get her phone records. Just yeah. know that Mona called her. Sure. And say, like, I, she told me that, you know. What's, there, what's to stop the liars from just coming out and, and confessing everything that has happened? Well, there was an A text at the beginning of the episode at the scene of Mona's death. Mm-hmm. They all get it, and it says, this is your fault. This is your fault. So that puts them in the position now of being... Of a su- okay, A knows that Mona was helping them, mm-hmm. and so A killed Mona. And so, what do they? Where do they go from there? Do they go to the cops? And the cops are no longer trustworthy until Officer Toby rides in on his shining steed <laughs> and, and saves the day. And his well pressed blues. Yes. With his with his with his with his watch dangling from his neck, his pendant, his pendant from his lady fair. Right. Was there? We didn't see any real grown-ups in this episode outside of Fitz. No. It was really just the drama. Oh, and Mona's mom. We saw Mona's mom oh, for the we, first time. We met Mona's mom, who seems like a relatively nice lady. Mm-hmm. Although, oh, this is dark. She asks um, Hannah, "Is it happening again?" Presumably re- referring to Mona going crazy and ending up in uh, Radley herself, because obviously there has to have been some parental involvement in that whole situation. Well, yeah. Right. Um, that and maybe also referring to the fact that bullying. Allison drove Mona to that, to right. that craziness. Right. So she could be talking about bullying. Right. And we see her speak to the principal, and then Allie walks into that office, and we have no idea what that conversation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That escapes Mona's considerable reach. So maybe that's why she thinks Mona knows too much and she goes after her. Although I have to think that Allie knows that she's working with the liars. Mm. Oh yeah, because the the twins heard that conversation. In the oh, the conversation in the bathroom where they were waiting outside, and we didn't. Yeah, they're part of the nerd army. So yeah, this is another aggravating point on the show where everyone has these very loud emotional bathroom 
mm-hmm. conversations without checking the stalls, without assuming the bathroom's been bugged, which, like, obviously, right. like, why would you not bug the, the girl's bathroom? Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've seen them make great strides in their investigating and uh, their sleuthing abilities this season, but having bathroom conversations is definitely not a high point. Yeah, they're... That always astounds me that they they are so um, flamboyantly careless when it comes to situations like that, and yet then they have this very specific uh, protocol for breaking into an insane asylum. Right, with with <laughs> hacking with Caleb somehow hacking the security things, and yeah, there's a whole lot of high low dynamic on this show in terms of like your threshold of belief of like, oh yeah, of course they'd be able to do that. Um, and then, of course, they are that stupid to be to not be aware all the time. But you know, speaking of the Radley uniforms that Spencer and Mona have, there was an A cutscene in some previous episode when A was folding up a, a Radley uniform. <gasps> no, that was a candy striper dress for the hospital. Oh, different outfit. Oh, it was right. not. It was not a plain white uniform. What does that have to do with anything? I think it was for the hospital. And I don't know what it has to do with. Um, but I don't think that was the same outfit that they wore in Radley. We would have to go back and compare. And PLL, PLGM, wait, pretty little, yes, PLGM, mm-hmm. listeners, that's you. Um, if you screen grab those and you know for sure, let us know. But I, I think that was a different outfit. Do you, let's try to remember. Because otherwise it would belong to Mullen. Yeah, I think right? there are some red stripes. Um, Let's try to remember all the A cutscenes because I feel like they are extremely dangling when it comes to loose threads. Especially this, this season. Yeah. So you so there is the there is the one where I thought it was Jason because there's pizza boxes. Right, the pizza boxes. And the apartment getting emptied with like yes. a dollhouse. Um yeah, because of the A stuff. Yeah. Um there was the was there one of the funeral? Like flowers or something? For Bethany? I think so. I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. This has been such an emotional journey for everyone. <laughs> These last three months of Pretty Little Liars. These last three days in Rosewood. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I do think I, I do want... Someone suggested that we go back and recap um, the earlier seasons, and I would really be interested in going back and watching and trying to piece together like some objective facts if they exist at all on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we will do that and try to watch some of these A scenes and collect some, con- try and connect some of these dots. Yeah, I mean we're def- so yeah we're definitely going to be podcasting over the course of the show's hiatus. Yes, we will continue. Uh, um, is there anything else that we should discuss tonight? I I am excited to take a break. Uh, it's been interesting doing this podcast because. You know, we would always discuss it after, um, but not necessarily in the not for forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. We were we were un, un, you know digging through every single detail of the show, so it's made me appreciate the show a lot more. Um, I think it is an extremely sharply written show, which is why I think it is fair to analyze these details in the way that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has started to feel like homework in a way because I'm thinking throughout the episode, like, okay, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> Uh, how are we going to solve this mystery? So I'm excited to take a little bit of a break and um, wait, ex- well, see yeah. what happens next. I'm excited to go back and and I think I would love to talk about old episodes because you know the dynamic 
in the past uh, three months or however long, excuse me, has been that um, we, you know, we watch it. I did not come into this show in any other way beside, uh, but through binge watching, which um, a lot, I know a lot of people have done. Sure. Um, and it's hard to discern specific episodes and remember a lot of details when you're watching eight episodes at once right. or over the course of a few days. If you're, you know, like what I do, it's like I'm cleaning the house, so I'm also going to watch Pretty Little Lies where I'm doing that. Um, it's It's been really helpful to analyze each episode so thoroughly because I think that I've, I've never encountered so many... Um, interesting details, or or done so much sleuthing with with this show. Sure, um, I I think I was this deep into Lost, and I could have you know had had I been more aware of podcasting at the time, that would have been really fun to do. My uh, my junior year college roommate and I especially really dug into a lot of the Lost theorizing, which you know ended up being a huge waste of time because, <laughs> because the writers of Lost had no idea what they were talking about at the end. They bailed on every mystery and they were just like, "Well, they just go to purgatory and then it's fine," you know, whatever. Yeah. So that that was like to me the greatest. I will never stop being angry about the way the not the last episode, but the entire final season of Lost was handled. And Pretty Little Liars thus far has really been, you know, we're we're four and a half seasons in, and there's, I feel like it's still extremely gripping, and we still have really have no idea what's going on, and that's just unbelievable television. It might be unprecedented television. Um, I mean, what what other? I guess there's the X Files. The X I was about to say the X Files. Yeah. Uh, Although, you know, the X-Files, I, do, I, I am a huge proponent of the X-Files sixth season. I always tell everybody, just if, if you get lost in the middle of the fifth season, just hold on, because the sixth season has some really incredible episodes. As, well, it has some really incredible standalone episodes. And that, I think, is what kept a lot of the fuel going in the X-Files, is it alternated between the Monster of the Week um, episode and the... Um, the mythology episodes. Sure. And so you you didn't get completely bombarded with uh, serializing the way that you would say with like Fringe, where um, I think the fr- Fringe is a, I think is overall a, a very good TV show, um, but it started out in the X-Files mold and then it just, like anything by J.J. Abrams, couldn't help itself. Sure. And it went deep down into its own mythology. So the fifth season of Fringe is... I, I like the fifth season of Fringe, but it's barely recognizable from the first season of Fringe. Sure. Right. Um, well, I think this. I think Pretty Little Liars has been really smart in that it didn't have a monster of the week, but it had a monster of the season. And there were so many characters sort of crashing into this carefully laid out chess game. You know, um, the guy who... Uh, Kills, you know, just another character who I've forgotten, but who kills Emily's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And, or Will, Detective Wilden, you know, who ends up dead. Or the NAT Club, or all of these sort of characters who have their own agendas, who are trying to manipulate the liars, and, you know, all of whom are dead now at this point. Um, but they just crashed into half a season or a whole season and basically took us off the scent. Meanwhile... A is still out there, and A is presumably Allison. 
You know what that this reminds me of? And you heard this this here first on Pretty Little Grown Men. Uh, Pretty Little Liars is the wire for tweens. <laughs> is it is it the wire for tweens or is it or is it the the X Files for tweens? I mean, it could be the X Files. Yeah. Or will future shows be the next Pretty Little Liars because it will so thoroughly be successful and lay down its template as so. what as what teenage television can be. That's true. That is what I hope is that this show ends up becoming one of the all-time great shows. And I hope our podcast is is uh, pushing it forward as prestige television on ABC Family. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was just about to say, speaking of Lost, um, uh, I don't know if any of our listeners uh, have been watching The Leftovers, but if you want us to stop talking about Pretty Little Liars and start talking about The Leftovers, and you want to hear Dave just get I, I would infuriated. To, I would have to start watching it. <laughs> <laughs> For us to have that discussion, you should you should do. I was thinking we could use this feed and do episodes about other things, mm-hmm. and it could be, you know, just some random pop culture topic for that episode. Yeah. So if you feel that there's an hour of discussion to be had about the leftovers with another person who has presumably seen the leftovers, I don't know, I don't know anybody uh, in the human race who has watched the leftovers. I I haven't talked to anybody who's actually seen. Just it. television recappers, um, only people who work for. EW.com and who've been assigned and, to and it, and watched yeah. it. <laughs> um, but yeah that could be a thing to watch you know there's a lot on HBO it's Go. interesting you know what's crazy about The Leftovers is I really want to believe that Damon Lindelof uh, doesn't have a big solution for it that it's actually a show where the unexplainable event will never get explained and I'm and that's, okay with that and that's the, the magic of it yeah and that's okay because it's not actually about that because in real life, you wouldn't figure it out if right. it was actually God doing whatever. Right. How would you ever figure it out? You wouldn't. Exactly, and that's, and that's what's so great about it. But I kind of feel like it's still going to do something like that. Well. Like, it's just going to be like, well, but then we figured out what it was. You know, I would love to say, listen, I think the first five seasons of Lost, particularly season one, um, season 3.5, 4, and 5, I think those are the best seasons of television ever. I think those are just dramatic and completely compelling. Even like the second season, it gets a little, it drags a little bit. Mm. It's fine, but I think clearly season three is where they f- had no idea what they were doing, spinning in circles. Uh, writer strike happened, and they brought in Brian K. Vaughn, the comics writer, um, who pretty much he he became an, a producer and a writer, and his stamp is all over season three and a half season four, season five, and then he bailed for some reason before season six because probably Lindelof said, we want to do this dumb bullshit, and he was like... <laughs> but I've been setting this up, this thing up forever. Yeah, you guys so... going to fuck it up. Right. So, I, you know, I have seen no... I, I love Lost, and I think the fumble on the last season of Lost is just a travesty, and Damon Lindelof has done so many long interviews where he's, like, pretty much apologized, <laughs> you know, for, like, being in way over his head on the show, so... Totally fine, totally acceptable, but I have seen nothing he's done in the last several years that have made me think this guy is really a great cinematic genius who's going to tell important stories. Mm. You know, like he he came in at the last minute and saved World War Z, World War Z yeah. right? So he just gave it a, a... He gave it an ending. He gave it an ending, and it's a strong ending, yeah. but, you know, that's still like a... B minus sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he came in. You know, I didn't see Prometheus, but it did not get the best reviews. Oh, Prometheus! I like Prometheus, um, but it is. 
it has so many gaping plot holes. Sure. That it's you 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 have to stop looking for them because the whole thing is a giant plot hole. So if you so that's the thing is if you take Prometheus in images and vignettes, it's a gorgeous movie. Same thing I think with World War Z. If World War Z was strictly just a bunch of vignettes strung together with uh, Brad Pitt being the only discernible thread through all of them, I'd be totally okay with that. Yeah. Dame Lindelof has to come in and be like, and this is the grand idea that wraps it all together, which is why I think that he's going to fuck up leftovers. Right. So, you know, that's a that's really a short version of my Damon Lindelof screed. <laughs> we could this could be a whole other podcast. That's why I really hope you hate the leftovers and so you can <laughs> we, just like... yeah, we can debate. Well, <laughs> I, I just don't know if I can invest, you know, there are whole seasons of Buffy that I haven't seen and I feel like, you know, of, of contemporary genre writers, I would much rather get seriously into someone like Joss Whedon, yeah. you know, who I feel like can write dialogue and character and actually has ideas about stories that are like resonant and not completely fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, w- I would much rather watch Avengers 30 more times than literally anything Damon Lindelof has done since season five of Lost. I just read that he's going to, he just wrote a new episode of Phineas and Ferb, the cartoon. That's a thing. Yeah. I've never seen. I, I would, you know what? I would watch a Damon Lindelof written SpongeBob episode. That is something that I would really enjoy, <laughs> especially if SpongeBob ascends to SpongeBob Heaven at yeah. the at the end of it after going to a magical island at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> what does an island at the bottom of the sea look like? The Marianas Trench. Yeah. It could be hiding. <gasps> oh yeah. He's, yeah the. The pineapple under the sea is the cap <laughs> that is yeah. keeping it's it. It's the hedge. It's the hedge. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. We are going to take a nap and come back next week with something for you to listen to on Pretty Little Grown Men. Um, hit us up on Twitter and wherever and tell us what you thought about the finale, your theories for next uh, season or the next half season. And, um, you know, anything you'd like to hear us talk about, we are all ears. Uh, and we will see you next time. Yeah. Um, and act normal, bitches. Act normal, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>